to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, we've been speaking on uh, the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He said in Matthew 16 that he would give us the keys to the kingdom. And we're not today, we're not really focusing on those keys Next week, we're going to get back to the keys. And again, we spoke on the key, the main key, the master key, faith. We spoke on another key that goes directly with that key, love. We spoke on uh, the key of perseverance, the key of joy. And next week, we're going to go into this key of, of biblical meditation. But right now, we're just talking about the kingdom of God in general, because that's what Jesus came speaking about, teaching about. And not only that, he came demonstrating it, because the kingdom comes with power. And he just didn't say pray for people and just left, leave it at that. He, Jesus always asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And again, I always try to remind people, that's how we were originally designed to operate like Jesus. Jesus was the sample son. He's the model. Scripture tells us in, uh, I believe, Colossians, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Tells us also in Romans that we're heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. And heir means we have the same thing in common. We share something. And in, uh, I believe, first or second Peter, it says we're... Uh, partakers of his divine nature that's a lot in there a partaker of his referring to god's divine nature divine nature means supernatural and again i know in the churches we done water down uh god to just you know little nothing no miracles no signs no wonders that was for back then and but my bible tells me over in hebrews uh 12 8 or 8 12 that you mean god still healing people He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Trying, huh? Back to the scripture. To tell, talk this is radical preaching here. No, no. God's still saving people. Well, you, and that's God's the thing. God's still reconciling relationships. Richard, that's the thing. If He's still saving people, He's still doing everything else. So again, the scripture said there's things that accompany salvation. The kingdom. You know, we could get in trouble here because a lot of people say we're getting awful radical here. All of a sudden, that we think that God actually is still doing the same stuff today that He did in the Bible. Well, I want to say this: if we're getting a little radical in here, we're following the footsteps of Jesus because He He told us to go and preach this. See, you know, you talk about Peter just after the Holy Spirit came on him. Did he get a little radical, or was he still timid? You know, but yeah, yeah. it is amazing to me how. Easy it is for us as Christians to think that God is different today, that, that you know, he really doesn't heal people. If the doctor can't do it for you, then you—and I talk to Christians a lot 
who uh-huh. really actually think that it's some kind of a radical thought, a radical teaching that God actually still heals people. I was telling somebody just the other day, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about giving up your medicine, flushing it all down the toilet, but I talking was talking about believing to them. God for I, something. I said to them, have you actually prayed that God would heal you from that illness? And they said, no. And I said, why not? And they said, well, the doctor said I would just have to take this pill for the rest of my life. And they looked at me almost like I had just dropped off the moon or something, that I would dare say that they should pray that God would heal them of their illness rather than just take medicine for the rest of their life. And it is amazing to me how we as Christians have put God in a box to the point where if the doctor says it, it must be. If somebody else says something, it must be. They're the professionals. They're the experts. They're the ones that would know. And so we just blindly do whatever it was that they said just blindly accept whatever it is that they say, and that's just the way that it is. God is, as you said earlier, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still healing people in a miraculous way. He is still saving people. He is still healing relationships. He is still doing all the things that he did in the Bible today in 2014, the same as he did when he walked the earth. And that's what goes on in the kingdom again. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as as it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no low self-esteem. There's no poverty. There's no lack. And that's why God says, pray that. Bring heaven, bring a taste of heaven to earth. And I was reminded as you were speaking, in 1 John or 2 John, one of the Johns in the back, he says, for this cause, the Son of Man was made manifest that he may destroy the works of the devil. Well, Jesus told us in John 10, 10, that the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. Sin, which what Satan introduced, brought sickness, poverty, and death. He brought the curse upon the earth and eventually under mankind. He brought it. Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. So whatever the devil's done negatively in your life to bring upon this curse, Jesus said, I came to destroy it. And he still, now he's in us, and he tells us to advance that. Our job, remember, let this mind be in you, that is also in Christ Jesus. Again, I came to destroy the works of the devil because I'm a minister of reconciliation. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I have to have that mindset. And part of our ministry mission statement is we're here to co-labor with Jesus to save souls, heal hearts, and transform lives. That's what Jesus did. He was there to seek and, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost, transform uh, hearts, and, and say, I mean, yeah, save souls, heal hearts, because people are broken. Heal hearts. He said that in Luke 14, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to, to heal the brokenhearted. And well, as he is, so are we. So that's our job. Again, when you have a kingdom mindset, you, you just see things out of a different set of lenses. You see them out of kingdom lenses, lenses, not the kingdom of darkness, but the kingdom of light. You're illuminated. That's why Paul prayed for the church in Ephesians 1.15. He said, I prayed that they received the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. 
the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they may know what the hope of his calling is and what is the exceeding greatness of his power that he has towards us who believe. And that's that same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead. It's still available. Yeah, God doesn't. Here's the thing about God. He never diminishes. He only increases. You can't diminish God. He only increases. Yeah. And and I was just reading here in Romans 14. Look what he says. 14, uh, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, <laughs> but righteousness. You know what things come with? We're in right standing with God. Righteousness and peace. You got to define what the word peace means. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Wholeness. And joy in the Holy Spirit. And we know what the Holy Spirit does. That's that power. In Acts, he said, don't you guys go out and do no witnessing till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because when that Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be able to operate out of my ability. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that was Holy Spirit. That spirit raised him. That's the same spirit that defeated death, hell, and the grave. Could nothing hold him back. Same thing about us, Richard. It, it, I always tell people, me and God are a majority. If because I ain't gonna say if God before, because God before me, who dared be against me? You referred to it a couple days ago about David and Goliath. He wasn't afraid. He said he addressed him like, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that come against uh, up against the army of the Lord? And he was the army by himself. <laughs> he didn't have a whole bunch of people. They tried to give him some armor. He said, No, I don't need that. I got the spirit of the Lord. Yeah. And that's the mind that we have to have. Greater is he. That's in me. That's he, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom. Remember in Luke 17, 5, 20, he said the kingdom of God is in you. What's in you through the Holy Spirit and as you feed on this word, that word, faith comes by hearing that word, that word and meditating on that word, which we're going to talk about next week. That's going to empower you. That's going to transform what you believe. Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. That's what your faith is. You're going to believe your faith's going to be in what you believe. You're going to like we talked about that chair. You believe and had faith that that chair would hold you up. Me, too, because we're both sitting in one. We wouldn't have sat in these chairs. We didn't believe that they were unstable. Yeah. So that's where God wants us to be. And he's the same yesterday. And, and, and that's the good news. Jesus said, I came bringing some good news, some glad tidings. He says those who preach the gospel bring glad tidings. That's what we do. And not just pastors. Everybody, everybody, every believer. everybody's a minister of reconciliation. So there we go. You know, and you go back to that same yesterday, today, and forever, and all those things. See, it is really good news, and I tell people this because we're saved by grace through faith, and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I don't have to worry about on the day that I stand before him, him saying, you know what, I changed my mind. You know, I know I said before that it was by saved by grace through faith, but I changed my mind. I, I've, I've decided that it's, going back to the law. it's works. It's law. I'm going back to the law. Huh? So I've changed my mind. No, it is a good thing that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever because he won't change his mind. He won't say, oh, I think it's going to be about your looks. Oh, I think it's going to be about your money. Oh, I think it's going to be about your fame. No, it's always going to be that we're saved by grace through faith. Well, he always. Don't, he don't say this, Richard. You know how I told you in my word that I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb and the plans I had for you were good and But I evil. didn't mean it. I changed my mind about <laughs> yeah, that. No, really, he doesn't I, do that. I didn't really he mean does that. Not, he don't waver. He's steadfast. I came to said. give you peace. He said, my counsel will stand. I came to give you yeah. joy. He's <laughs> never going to say, you know what? I changed my mind. I want you to be depressed. You know, I want you to be discouraged. 
And and we talk about that, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that all of his gifts are good because he says that the fruits of the Spirit are love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, and they're still the fruits of the Spirit today in 2014. And if the world's still here in 2114, his fruit of his Spirit will still be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. He'll never change. He doesn't say, I came to give you strife. He said, it doesn't say I came to give you malice and envy. No, he came to give us love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and all those things. And, and you know what? The Bible says this. He he reveals this to us in his word. He said, the future of the righteous grows brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. It's because it's Jesus told us this in John 15. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He says, as long as you remain in me, you're going to produce. You're going to produce. And then he summed it up. He said, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And that's fruit of the spirit because his fruit is nothing but from the spirit. And it's good things. That's what God wants us to do. So we really got to be careful what we hear and how we hear it, because God is always for us. He's never against us. He has our best interests at heart. And all we have to do is submit to what he said. I'm reminded of the scripture. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you or lift you up in due season. As long as you stay abide on the vine as a branch, you're going to produce. And that's what happened. People disconnect from the true vine, which is Jesus. And in Revelation, it says Jesus shall be called the word of God. So when they disconnect from the word of God, or I like to say get out of God's order, well, they don't produce, and then then they believe the word don't work. But I'm reminded in Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, it says the word of God works effectively in those who believe. Back to believing. Jesus says, repent and believe. And it's really simple. Just believe it and say, okay, that God said it, that's it. Abraham believed God, and it was credited in his righteousness. And we see what God did in through Abraham, just because Abraham believed. Right, and see, and that's what we gotta we got to get back to. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so he says there that Abraham believed, and it was credited to him as righteousness. You and I don't have to go out and do some mighty work in order to please God, do some mighty work in order to get God's love. God already loves us. And all we have to do is have faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and that is the work of salvation. There's no works of salvation. There's no great things that we have to do to get God's pleasure. No, God, the work of salvation is to believe him who was sent, to have faith in Jesus Christ, and he is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever. He wants to give you love. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you joy. And it cannot be said enough, stressed enough. Too many Christians are going around in life discouraged. Too many people are going, Christian people are going in life defeated, downtrodden. God does not want you to live there. God wants you to realize who you are. You are his child. He is the God who spoke this universe into existence. Everything is possible through him and that you are his child and he will provide for all of your needs according to his riches and glory. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We don't have to fear because of him, not because of us. 
but because of him and what he has done and the fact that he really truly is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, earlier in the week we were talking about joy. And then last week that was kind of the key that we talked about joy. And when you look at joy, you look at the three aspects of joy that that we really looked at in our sermons at our church. When he is in Psalm 118, verse 24, when he says, Today is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. So, as we speak here today, it's rainy here at, outside of our studio. And so, there's people that don't like the rain. I, I would probably say that I'm not a big fan of the rain. Me either. But we can say, you know what? But I'm still it's, joyful. It's rainy. It's a yucky day. I'm not going to, I'm just not, you know what? Today is the day the Lord has made. That's why I can rejoice. Not because That's it's raining. That's why I can be glad. Not because the sun's shining or not shining, the rain's coming down or not coming down, but because today is the day that the Lord has made. And then we looked at our church when we looked at Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, where he talks about rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. And then in verse 5, at the end of verse 5, he says, the Lord is near. So the reason why I can rejoice in all circumstances, the reason why I can rejoice always is because the Lord is near. And then when you look at James chapter 1, where he says, count it all joy when you face tribulations of many kinds, it is not in our human nature when tribulations hit, it is not in our human nature to want to say, praise the Lord, I'm so happy this tribulation has hit. I'm so glad this tribulation, I was hoping for a tribulation. Most people don't say, you know, I was hoping for a tribulation today. count it all joy. But we can count it all joy. And the reason why is, as he goes on in those verses, is to say that God will use it for to perfect us, to make us perfect in his sight. So I can rejoice in today. I can because today is the day the Lord has made. I can rejoice in today because God is near. I can rejoice in today, even in tribulations, if some come, because He's going to use those things to perfect me. So joy in our life, and and this needs to be constantly reminded. Joy in our life is not about us. Right, right. It's not about others. It's not about the circumstances. Joy in our life is about God and what he has done. And I want to say something. You said something about rain. Some people might be sad about the rain, but I think some farmers out here, we're in an agricultural community. I think they're they're joyful today about the rain. So you might be sad about something, but somebody else has joy about it. And the scripture says, rejoice with those who rejoice. But just before we conclude, I want to share a scripture out of, uh, real quick. First Peter, do we have time? Oh, we got like six minutes. Six minutes. Okay, look at first, I mean, second Peter chapter one, and I'm going to conclude with this, but it's because it's going to conclude in verse 11, where he talks about the kingdom of God. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. That's second Peter chapter one. To those who obtain like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus, Jesus Christ. He's talking about us. Look at verse two. Grace and peace. Okay, now go look those words up. Grace and peace be multiplied. Look up multiplied and see what that means too to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. The knowledge is represents those keys who called us by glory and virtue. 
which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. God's given us some exceedingly great and precious promises. Look, that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's the kingdom of darkness. Now look at verse 5. But also, for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith. Okay, you got faith in God? He said, add these keys to that faith key ring. Virtue. And it's just some more keys. There's many keys. And his house is many mansions. So look, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. If these things are yours and abound, meaning you do them all the time, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Uh-oh. Look at verse 10. Therefore, brethren, when he says brethren, he, it's relational. He's talking about children of God, people in the household. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent. Remember, those who diligently seek him. But he said, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, not just hear them, but do these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of the Lord, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he said, now, if you add these keys or these principles of the kingdom to your life, to you will be supplied abundantly an entrance into the kingdom of God. And remember, you can't see it. It's inside of you. So it's going to come upon you. You're going to live it out. You're going to demonstrate it only as you utilize the keys, the principles, the commands with a promise. And that's what we want to encourage people as we do this broadcast and this series on keys of the kingdom. Use them. If you don't use them, you're going to lose them. You got to use them. You can't just hear about them only. You know, and as you said that, it just reminded me, I could have all the keys that open every door to my house, every key that opens anything at my house, and I could be standing in front of my house, and if I leave my keys in my pocket, I'm not getting in. I could have every key to our church, and if I leave the keys in my pocket, I can't get in. I could have every key to this building, and if I don't take them out of my pocket, I'll never get in. So we could have the keys. We can know what the keys are, but that doesn't mean we have to use them. And if we don't use them, we might as well not even have them. And real quick, just even in the natural, and we've all been here before, we've lost our keys. Look how frantic we are when we lost our keys or locked them in the car or we lost them. We're asking everybody, can you help me find my keys? Because we understand something the about keys. Of those keys. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they unlock a, or lock a whole lot of important stuff. So Jesus just said this. If you utilize these keys, look what he said in verse 11 of that Peter. For so an entrance will be supplied to you. Oh, keys give you an entrance to something. An entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because everything's been given to him. God's given in everything to Jesus. So he said, if you add these things to your key ring, they're available. I made them available. I've given you exceeding great impressive problems. They're available. All you got to do is pick them up and put them on your key ring and then go use them. Don't just have them. And just, you know, some people like to just carry a lot of Jingle keys with them. Keys. Yeah, yeah, no, no, go use them. Sometimes the keys, they don't even know what they want. They just found a lot of keys. As a kid, we used to have, like to have a lot of keys. Didn't know what they were for, but we got some keys. 
But you got to utilize keys. And I know being in college, we had a book called The Keys to Success. And, and, and in some workshops, workshops and seminars, they have their topic, Keys to Success. And, you know, we'll go to those workshops and conferences and we'll take notes and we come home and we'll try to utilize those keys to success. Jesus said, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. And that's all you need is the kingdom, Christian. That's what we, we're in a new system now. It's called the kingdom of God. And you talk about going to a seminar. A lot of times people go to a seminar, they come back, they're all excited, man. They're using those keys right and left. Mm-hmm. And then they slowly but surely forget them. They forget them. And then like a year later, they they're, not, they're not using them like they did before. They that lost happens. them. They lost that, their key. They misplaced happens. them. But I mean, that happens to people mm-hmm. as Christians too. They they have the keys, but they they don't use them all the time and then slowly they forget about them and and it's there but they're not using it the way that God would want them to use it and he reminded us i don't know if that was paul or jesus but he said you've forgotten your first love oh you forgot to use these keys you kind of let the distractions of the world draw you back into this and you've forgotten who you were and what you have access to you have access to heaven. Isn't it discouraging? It's discouraging to me to see so many Christians discouraged when they it's have discouraging to me when, too, Richard. When they mm-hmm. have available to them love and joy and peace and all those They have things. all that Jesus died and resurrected right. and ascended for. I mean, they have all of it, and yet they live as if he hadn't done anything. You know, Richard, I see it. I saw it earlier today before I came into the office. I see it every day. Christians, it's like, wow. And I'm just like, wow. That's all I can say is, wow. How can you say you have faith in God? You're not representing the kingdom or God right because you're not manifest. Well, see, here's a common denominator with those people. They don't study to show themselves approved. They're just reading the Bible. They're not studying it. And there's a difference, I said it earlier, between information and revelation. And we're going to get into Revelation next week. I don't want to open the bag up yet, but Revelation comes from meditation. (laughs) Once you meditate, you remember, you're going to always move towards your most dominant thought. And if you're thinking on the word of God and what God said, that's where you're going to move towards. If you're thinking on what the world said and who controls the world system, what he said, you're going to go that direction. And remember, Jesus said this, you can't serve two masters. Either you're going to love one and hate the other or hate the one and love the other. I love the Lord. How often? All the time. Every day. 365. Just like I'm a male. I'm a man every day. I love the Lord every day. Scripture says we're married to Christ. I'm the bride. Yeah, I love Jesus. (laughs) And he loves me. Yeah. So uh, I think we're going to, that's going to do it for this episode of Faith of Fire. And remember, as always, we're out of time, but we're definitely out of not out of faith. So join us next week for another exciting episode of Faith on Fire. And remember, keep living by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. 
Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.